0: Yo, 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 Big D back with you with another episode of the Big D podcast. Before I bring in my friend from the Pacific Northwest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Got a lot of content on there. Plenty more coming. Also check out the Big D podcast for your audio fans on Spotify and Apple. So uh, joining us from the uh, great Pacific Northwest, my friend, Jesse, uh, Jesse, uh, I, I'm thinking things are getting a little sizzling in your neck of the woods, right? With the Mariners and the
1: AODS and uh, G- Gino Smith, of all things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on up here, but we are we're cooking right now. So it's also pushing 70 degrees and it's usually 50 degrees and like cloudy and raining. So it's been it's been quite the flip for us this past month. But you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it while we have it. So, that's what we can do.
0: Maybe you need – maybe you should have done that and maybe Russell Wilson would still be cooking (laughs) in Seattle instead of baking on whatever he's doing in Denver. Yeah, right. So, uh, how about you, Seattle Mariners, back in the playoffs for the first time in 21 years? Uh, I I think when Cam Raleigh hit that home run against – I think it was Oakland – Yep. To uh, send you into the playoffs, I I think all of Seattle will cried because all your Mariner fans will have been through 21 years without playoffs and thinking when is this going to be the year? When is this going to be the year? And then you finally made the playoffs.
1: It, yeah, it's it's been a really difficult 21 years, you could say. Like we've had probably in that time span just a ton of horrible baseball. Like there's been like four or five years where they've been in contention. And then like last year they missed out the day before the season ended, they missed by one. Um, And it's kind of been kind of like a hit or miss here there. We had a Griffey year where he came back in like 2010 and they could be competitive. But outside of that, it's just been abysmal baseball. Like it's just been just awful. You watch it and you're just immediately disappointed. You're like, well, here comes another hundred loss season. So it's been nice to see DePoto finally get the Mariners slowly on track and then actually be competitive. And finally get into the playoffs so it's been it's been nice to see for us
0: yeah i mean think of all the great players you've gone through even in, since even after a Rod, randy johnson ken griffey jr left i mean felix and Andrews was just stuck forever i mean seemingly through the perfect game against the rays and you mm-hmm. wanted if Kings if King Felix would ever get a chance in October, unfortunately, that never happened. But um, now the Mariners are back in October, and uh, and uh, you know, baseball is blessed with so many young superstars at the moment right now, and I have to think Julio Rodriguez is at or near the top of the list because I I I'm a baseball nut. I I I love baseball more than any other sport, and this kid is this kid's twenty one years old and is playing like he's a ten year vet.
1: He's he's honestly incredible. Like he's anything you could ask for from a prospect, and he's been he's been hyped for years. I know Kalenic, who's kind of let down a little bit. He was the prize in the Mets deal we got a few years ago, but Julio is the guy they brought up in the organization. Signed him as a free agent, and he's slowly progressed and progressed, and the hype built around him. So when he reached the majors and he showed up this year, you're thinking, like, he can't live up to this height. And he's actually blown it out of the water where he's been one of the best players of baseball where they're talking about giving him MVP roads as a rookie, which is just, like, mind-blowing stuff. Um, he's he's just incredible. He's, like, the heart of the team. He's done everything you could ask for. And it's just been – it's a joy, like, as a Mara fan, just know that. And then they signed him that 15-year deal. So basically we have him for his entire career. So we are just, like, thrilled to like, experience the Julio effect that – the Northwest just loves. It's great.
0: I mean, how about 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases and a six once above a placement. Oh yeah. And you slug a five or nine Your rookie campaign. Not bad, not
1: bad at all. Yeah. So it's like, what's the next step for him? <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I'm blown away. Like I, there's a pretty much business with it as you can tell, but he's just been everything you could ask for. It's, it's great. And then you have, like, the veterans they've built around him. Like, I know Winker's been a disappointment. But, like, Ty France has been consistent and very good. And then Cal Raleigh, a.k.a. the Big Dumper, which is, like, the best nickname in sports, he's been, he's been so good. And he's been carrying the squad down the stretch. So it's nice to see those guys. And then you have Crawford at your stop, who's a gold glover. So, like, the offense has really, like, come together. But what's carried this team has been the pitching staff all year. Like, the offense has been super hit or miss they're really good at getting on base walks and like hitting home runs but outside of that it's like you look up and down the lineup it's very like all over the place so it's been the staff and particularly the bullpen that's carried them to the playoffs so so tuesday's game was like the opposite of how the season has gone and it was so great and then oh my gosh so frustrating to watch it and and as soon as he brought in Robbie Ray, I was like, why, why would you bring in Robbie Ray? Don't bring It's the best hitter in freaking baseball. Like don't, and he kills lefty. And of course he just literally blew up that baseball when he hit it. It was 117 off the bat. I was like, Oh my God, that ball is just, yeah. So it's been a rough two days. So we're hoping Luis Castillo, who is an ace, like he's elite. Like he could actually like at least get us one. So we come back to Seattle. We're not down 0 two. So that's what we're hoping for right now.
0: And how about Luis Castillo? Because thinking back when the Mariners got him in July, I'm like, the Mariners? I thought it was going to the Yankees or one of these teams. But, you know, Jerry DePoto was an aggressive GM, and I think he saw, especially with two wild cards, one in each league, mm-hmm. the Mariners got a chance of making the playoffs this year. And Castillo could be that number one who could pitch game one and game five of the of a playoff series, and by golly, that was one of the most dominant playoff salt I've seen in a long time. The Toronto Blue Jays were probably thankful that Castillo was going after seven, 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 seven and third rings because yeah. he, was through, he was just nasty. Threw him like 130 miles out. Like nobody could no, hit him. And Toronto can hit.
1: Yeah, their offense is really good, and he just... He made them look like they're a simulated ball club. Like, that's that's the talent he has. And his his run on his two seam is just ridiculous. It's like sometimes it's pushing, like, 18 inches, or and it's going 100 miles an hour. So, like, as a hitter, what are you supposed to do? Like, it's, it's wild. And you even saw in the, the last inning before he got pulled, like, he literally – he hit Springer on purpose uh, because they pegged Julio twice in that game. So, he ran that thing inside on his hands. And you saw – Second baseman was, like, good job, and service was, like, smirking. Like, they, they wanted to, like, send a message because the Mariners have been hit more than anybody else in baseball by, like, double the amount. So they were just like, all right, we're stopping this right now. And if you're getting a guy throwing 100, like, up and in on you, like, that's not, that's not something teams are going to want to do even in the playoffs. So it was nice to see him just, like, going out with a statement on top of that.
0: I think the New Mets might have a point in uh, hit batsmen this year. But, yeah. Maybe Ronald Cooney would agree if you have to. What happened to Atlanta last night? Oh gosh, yeah,
1: that's that's, that's rough. Like- so,
0: who do you think's the most underrated mariner on this team? Because I mean, Rodriguez is a key offensively. Yeah. Castillo's great on the bomb. The bullpen's done it's done pretty well, except for what happened two nights ago. But who's the most
1: underrated mariner? so it's probably raleigh um but he's getting a lot of hype now so like he's been super good and he's like 25 years old i know he's technically a rookie he's older um but he's been like he's been the guy that's literally like the second half of the stretch like he's been extremely consistent um france and crawford carried them early on so it was those two guys along with julio and they kind of like fell off in the second half like France has dealt with injuries, but it's been Raleigh down the stretch who's been the guy that, like, they've counted on, and he's like – and you saw in the game to get the marriage in the playoffs, like, he hit it, and, yeah, it's it's been Raleigh. Like, the way they talk about him, he's very much a force in that the clubhouse. Like, service loves him, and everything they say about him he's one of the leaders on the offense.
0: You know, you know a guy who you didn't mention, but does uh, – you wouldn't believe this based on – what's happened, but uh, Eugenio Swaz has been one of the most, baseball's most unappreciated power hitters, because I think I saw something where he's like second in home runs over the past few seasons, I'm like, Eugenio Suarez?
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, like, the thing about him is he broke his hands, and he's playing with it, and they, they actually, I talked to doctors, and they're like, well, if we need to reset this hand, like you're going to be out. So he's just playing with a broken hand and like dealing with it. Like he's just going the tough by a the brand. And he's just, he's playing like a lot of guys probably wouldn't play, but he's, he's wanted to get into the playoffs. Like as soon as the Mariners trade for him and Winker, like they were very vocal. Like they brought us in to win like playoffs in the World Series. So he's been out front of that all year. So it's, it's been pretty impressive like him playing through that injury because a lot of guys could not play through that injury. I mean, who, who's 100% in October? I don't think very many guys. <laughs> Nobody. After like 162 games, like that's – I think that's the thing fans don't get. Like it's an absolute grind. Like it might not be like the contact level of football is, but it just wears you down. And after like six months, like your body is just shot. So everybody's playing through something at this time of the year.
0: So, obviously, with game two happening today, you've got a tough assignment against Franco and Valdez, who's just a really difficult pitcher who's going to throw a lot of ground balls. What do you think the key is for the Mariners to not just beat Valdez today, but get back in the series and potentially end Houston's run of making five straight AOCs?
1: Yeah, they're, they've tortured Seattle for the past like decade plus. So it's it'll be nice, particularly, if,
0: particularly in that June and that juice box.
1: Yeah, like you saw a couple home runs that went out in game one that would not have gone out most places. I and, think Alvarez's home run would have gone out of yellow. Yeah, that that thing would have landed on the moon. Like if it would have just kept going. But, so they they both teams took advantage of like left field and how short that is and like. Ever since they brought in that stadium, like it's just, it's turned into even more of a bandbox. But the key is basically getting to him early, like working the count, which Seattle is going to be good at because you're not going to hit home runs off of him. Like it's very hard because he's a ground ball pitcher. Like you can, but realistically, like he's going to keep the ball in the park. So you have to find ways to get on base and take advantage of those like opportunities and just get clutch hits against him because you have to wear him down. Otherwise, like he can go seven innings and just give up like four hits in a game and you're just like, what happened so they they need the bats to come through um just because you just got to give castillo a little bit of run support and he can carry you so that's that's kind of what we're hoping for today like i'm i'm not sure how today's going to go but like it's about as good a situation you'd ask for if you're sending castillo out so i'll take him against like anybody even though it is the astros and they're dominant but i like our chances today
0: especially if you can keep the if you can keep the ball in the ground don't get the ball in the air because with The Crawford boxes in left, you know, this ballpark's a hitter, a hitter, a hitter's ball paradise. So keep the ball down, let the defense go to work because the Mariners play play good defense Mm -hmm. and get the ball to your bullpen and hope that uh, you don't give up 15 15 runs in the last inning, like Rocky.
1: Gosh, that's just brutal. Yeah, like it's so ever since they brought up Klinik back and he's playing in left, like their outfield defense is so much better. Because Winker's a nightmare in left field, like he just can't play defense. So having Kulenik out in left field, and then you have that the trio in the outfield, like it's it's immensely better. So at least like the defense will be good. So you're giving the defenders a chance to like be good, which they are good at. So that'll that'll be nice to see with that.
0: Plus my plus my favorite Mariner, and I'm not just saying it because he's got the best name, but Dylan Moore's playing today.
1: Yeah, more like he's kind like it's weird. He's very much uh, like a hometown favorite. Everybody loves Demo. So like every chance we can get to get him to play, like we're all for it. So it it'll like and he brings like the speed and athleticism and defense and stuff like that. So it's gonna be and hopefully he can get a timely hit. Like that would be clutch too. So we'll see. But I'm pretty excited. So um
0: uh, you know me, I love trivia. I love to not only test people's trivia, but have people test out my trivia. So with Seattle hosting its first playoff game in 21 years this weekend, I thought, what is the perfect trivia question for you?
1: Hmm.
0: Who was Seattle's starting pitcher in his last home postseason
1: game? Oh, that'd be the Yankees. So they lost the ALCS to the Yankees in 2001. And that would be, they were home, sort of in two. So it was, I think it was game five they lost at home, they came back. I think Clemens actually dealt against us and just just crushed Seattle. Um, I want to say it's Garcia, but I'm not 100 sure.
0: Uh, you would be right, Freddy Garcia. Seven <laughs> gave up uh, three hits on and uh, seven hit three runs, seven hits. Uh, Mike Musino Oh, it was Mussina, beat, okay? Beat you. Yeah, that we.
1: Game. I remember Pinello was talking at the time. He's like, "Yeah, we just got to get back home and win the series," and then, then we just just pooped and we were just done and i was like oh my gosh we just won 116 games and we're done i was like yeah that was devastating and then we get 20 years on top of that so it's like it's nice to finally get past all of that and focus on the new era of baseball
0: hey at least each row got a rookie of the year and an mvp that year that
1: was pretty good
0: okay so from the mariners to the seahawks this year and uh I'm gonna say this. Uh, I didn't see Geo Smith leading the lead, leading the uh, NFL in passer rating through the first five weeks, but Geo Smith's leading the NFL with one thirteen point one pass rating, and the guy second's a pretty good quarterback. You might have heard of him, some guy named Mahomes.
1: Yeah, like it's it's that's elite company you're hanging out with. It's it's really wild. Like I was very skeptical going into the year because. Gino's been a backup since, like, 2015, I think. So it's, it's really interesting. And he's been in Seattle for years being the backup behind Russ. But, like, seeing him basically put up peak Russell Wilson numbers in his first, four, like, five games of the year, it's, it's incredible. He's been everything we could have asked for. He's been extremely efficient. And, like, you look at all the stats and he's been good. Like, deep ball, his completion above pers- expectation is, like, wildly – it's, like, the best in the league. His wit, WPA is like, it's like every stat you look at shows like he's been truly elite. And even against the saints, you watch like those highlights. There's absolute dimes. You saw from 50 yards downfield. Like he hit Lockett in stride over a defender for a touchdown. He rolled out and there was a linebacker in the coverage. And he had to throw it over the linebacker, hit a guy on target. And he hit him just exactly right over the linebacker, right into his hands. Like, it's like, I was like, who am I watching right now? Like, this is not Geno Smith. This is like, an all-pro level quarterback, so it's been, it's been wild. Like I'm not gonna lie, like, I, I did not expect anything close to this. So it's been, it's been fun to like enjoy the offense be really good. The defense is atrocious, but that's a different story. But at least the offense has been lights out, and it's been, it's been enjoyable to watch.
0: Well, like the past few seasons, Ty Walken and DK Metcalf for tormenting defense. Like I saw DK Metcalf making plays <laughs> on so Walsh on and Lymo doesn't <laughs> give up. Anything. Look what happened to Mike
1: Evans. Yeah, it's weird. Like, Lattimore actually struggles against, like, quicker, smaller guys. But DK was just bodying him. Like, I think DK is coming into his, like, prime. And you could see, as good as Lattimore is, like, DK is a problem for anybody. So, you go one-on-one against DK, like, it's going to be a tough day for whoever is that DB that day. So, he's just super good. And Tyler Lockett, like, I'll keep saying this. He's, like, one of, if not the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Just year after year, he just cooks. And especially if you're playing zone coverage, which 70% of the NFL does, and you go like to like the two high shell they're talking about, like Lockett can eat in that situation all day. So it's literally the perfect situation for Lockett to be in right now. Like teams are lining up and Lockett's just massively taking advantage of it. That's why he's so good.
0: I mean, I used Tyler Lockett on my catch team last uh, DK catch team last weekend and I'm like, how he fifty six hundred. When the Seahawks are moving the ball and this team's got a potential shooter, I'm like, Todd Lockett should not be 5,600. And then he went for 100 yards, a couple of scores. And guess what he is this week
1: against Arizona? The same freaking price. <laughs> it's it's fun for DFS stuff like that. Like you can see the market is not fully ready to trust into the Seahawks. And Lockett in particular, like, well, I'll just keep starting them and keep like cashing in those points. It's like, yeah, at that price, it's like, why the heck not? You got guys where it's like McLaurin who has struggled in that range and stuff. And it's like, no, I'd much rather go with a person in one of the best offenses who's been a stud wide receiver the past like five years. So, yeah, I'd say that's a very good idea.
0: Yeah. Would you rather start Tyler Lockett
1: the way he's playing
0: or Deontay Johnson?
1: If it's PPR, it's real close. And like, I love DJ. He's a stud. And they actually looked pretty good yesterday, but... Like I'm not gonna and put up, him, but, yeah.
0: and put up what three points against the
1: Bills <laughs> <Jones> last week? <laughs> yeah, he he almost had like some really good plays. He was like that close on two of them where it would have been a really good game. But like that's football; it's a game of inches. If you don't make it, it doesn't count. So yeah, if anybody wants to start Tyler it like I'm not gonna tell him not to. Like he's he's cooking. Go ahead and throw him in the lineup and enjoy the production.
0: Okay, so unfortunately, injuries are always a part of in the NFL season and uh, for seemingly the 10th straight year, Rashad Penny's done for the year. So it uh, looks like the young rookie, the young spot in uh, Kenneth Walker will be uh, towing, will be leading um, Seattle's ground game. So uh, are you excited to see uh, what uh, Walker can do?
1: Yeah, I am. As much as I despise the pick um in uh, the draft, uh, it worked out perfectly for Seattle. And the injury, basically, they had nothing behind Penny, so they needed a running back. Like, I know they have DJ Jalis and Travis Homer, but those guys are just dudes. Like, they're not special players. Kenneth Walker is a special player. And you saw on Sunday, like, he took it to the house. All he needed was one cut, and he's got the speed to go. And that was a 69-yard house call, like, no problem. So, he's basically, the way I look at him from fantasy, is he's going to be like J.K. Dobbins' and Nick Chubb, where he's not going to get much receiving work, but he's going to be a very efficient running back. And he has that explosive ability to take it to the house. So, he's, he's going to be a lot of fun. So, I hope everybody picked him up on waivers this week, if you were able to. Like, I know he wasn't available in every league, but if he was, like, he was the guy everybody should have targeted because he's going to produce in one of the better offenses in the NFL. So, I'm, I'm very excited for Walker. So, how uh, – so, uh.
0: In a battle of the birds this weekend, the Arizona Colonels come this the great Northwest when, for an NFC West showdown. So, what do you think? What do you expect this weekend? Because uh, with uh, two less than stellar defenses, uh, 50 50-and-a-half 50, 50 point toll, I expect a few points
1: between Kyler and Gino. Yeah, these, these defenses are going to be in trouble. And I think the craziest stat I saw is. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are last in DVOA of offense in the first half. Or they're last, and I think maybe it's last or second to last. And they're first in the NFL in the second half. For some reason, they're able to flip a switch and they play incredible. And Kyler really goes into that kind of what they call like Russell Wilson scramble mode, where you can't stop them. And you see the difference it makes. Like they're incredible in the second half and they're terrible in the first half. So it would not surprise me to see Seattle get out to like a decent lead in the first half. And then Arizona comes storming back in the second half. Um, I would expect points and lots of points. Our dude Marquise Hollywood Brown's going to go off. Like, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. DK, they have no way I can stop DK. And Tyler Lockett's going to cook. So, it will be a fun game. Like, it will be one of the better games to probably watch for, like, football fans if they're looking for points because there's going to be a lot of them this upcoming week.
0: Yeah, just just play – you could just play – Literally all the skilled guys from Arizona, Seattle, Buffalo, Kansas City.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really good strategy to target players in good offenses because they're going to score the most amount of touchdowns. So if you have those key players, like if you have a lineup where you have, say you have Diggs, you have Hollywood, you have DK, you have Lockett in the Flex, and then you pick like Walker as your running back and then Kyler Murray as your quarterback. Like, oh, yeah, and Zach Ertz, a tight end. Like that's – that, that lineup's gonna win you most weeks in like a regular. Oh, game. that Travis
0: Kelsey guy. He's he's okay. He only. Yeah, I forgot
1: times. about him. He's he's pretty good. <laughs> like he he somehow put up thirty fantasy points on like twenty eight yards. Like it's just ridiculous. Like they were he was talking about on his podcast. Like the whole defense was like schemed against him. And even his brother, um, the Eagles center Jason Kelsey, he was like, yeah, he's like they lined up and they literally said they're going to take Travis Kelsey away, and it didn't matter. He still. He still was a monster. Like, he's just – that guy's just so good. And even though he's older, it literally doesn't matter. He just keeps doing good things. He's one of the best players in the ball to watch. I
0: mean, uh, so, uh, obviously, before the year, a lot of people thought the Seahawks Seahawks were going to tank for one of these top college quarterbacks. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how much you watch college football, but – if the Seahawks could get one of these top college quarterbacks, which one would you want?
1: So that's actually an interesting question. Um, you have Stroud of Ohio State, and there's the narrative that Ohio State quarterbacks suck. So I don't know if someone wants to go down those waters, even though Justin Fields is finally starting to show some promise. So might need to take that narrative with a grain of salt. Um, there's also Bryce Young out of Alabama. Like those are the clear consensus top two. And Bryce Young is – is a smaller quarterback kind of similar to like russell wilson size uh but he's precision he's accurate honestly i would be happy with either one just because you're locking down an elite option at the position and it depends the offense you want to build like stroud's going to be like he's going to take a little longer to go deeper down the field um young could pick him apart like underneath so young's probably a better fit with this current offense that we have right now and the way that we're running kind of like a not quite a Rams offense, but it's similar in the way they are taking it. And then they're just going deep shots. So it's basically you take the Rams offense and then you add kind of the Russell Wilson element that we've had for the years. And that's kind of the current offense we have. And somehow Geno Smith is able to hit all that. So there's talk that we might just roll with Geno because at this rate, their, their picks going to be too good. Like they're not going to be a bottom five team. So if they can't do that, then maybe they go with Geno again and sounds really weird. I would have like, I would have literally blown someone up for saying, like, Gino long-term before the year. But at this point, like, you got to take it and, like, be serious about it because he's been that good. So, I would say Young's probably a better fit, but I would be thrilled with either Young or Shroud, honestly, because those guys are elite talents. And if you get elite talent, like, that's how you win in the NFL. So, I would – I'd be happy with either one. They would just have to change the offense more for Shroud.
0: Although Bryce – although everybody would be saying Bryce
1: Young's a smaller Russ Wilson – yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. So anybody that gets Bryce Young is going to be very happy. All you have to do is just tailor your offense to him, which shouldn't be too hard because his skill pretty much translates to any offense. Like his arm strength is good enough. Like he can process really fast. He's able to hit precision passing. If you do that in the NFL, like you don't have to be an elite scrambler. Like you can just, you can just pick teams apart. So like, that I I love those type of quarterbacks because you're setting yourself up with such high like floor with those guys, and if they truly hit their ceiling, like then you're talking about NFL like MVP level quarterback. So.
0: Thanks for hopping on, Jesse. Uh, we wish you a Mariners' well in the ALDS. Trust me, uh, with the cheating Astros in a series, so I think you've got the bulk of the nation's support
1: with you. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. We hope we can get this this game today. So we'll be hoping.